This podcast is brought to you by ClearBridge Investments. Meet an evolving economy confidently with ClearBridge Active Equities, the foundation of a resilient portfolio. ClearBridge, a Franklin Templeton company. Go to clearbridge.com to learn more. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for joining us for another installment of The Way Forward. This week, we're going to be talking to Colleen O'Callaghan, who's Managing Director and Financial Advisor with J.P. Morgan Securities. Colleen and her team have built an incredible business over her two decades uh, in the industry. She's been focused on the ultra-high net worth category, and she's going to open up a little bit about what she's doing in portfolios, clients, and her team. Colleen, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Uh, considering the times, uh, certainly crazy times, but uh, all things considered, we're doing quite well. Thank you for asking. Have you and your team uh, managed to work through the transition to a work-from-home format well? We have. You know, I think, as I tell most clients and, and friends who ask, and, you know, if you worked in the financial services, I feel as if we've been prepared for this for some period of time. Given the markets are 24-7, we've always been equipped to work from home. Um, so it's certainly a bummer not to be able to see people day to day. But from a functionality perspective and from a business continuity perspective, we've done quite well. That's an area where I want to start the discussion today is talking about the markets. You know, if you turn on the news these days, it's uh, very easy to get depressed between news about the economy and, and the COVID crisis and uh, the social issues we're all seeing. Uh, but yet you look at the market and it, it seems not to be uh, not to be feeling all of that. Uh, considering how far we've come off the March lows, how, how do you put it in context and, and where do you think we are in, in this cycle? You certainly do scratch your head every time you turn on the news and uh, see all that's going on, but yet the market continues to grind higher. And so, you know, what we've done is just look back, um, you know, over the last decade, and we've really had an amazing run since 2009. Uh, if you look from March 2009 to February, we were up over 400% on the S&P 500, right? So this has been certainly the greatest expansion of our time. And so clearly with um, the news of the virus coming out and unfortunately what has occurred as far as the number of deaths, you know, we did see this market um, go down almost 40%, you know, in the month of March. And then we've steadily climbed higher as there's been new news and, and hopefully some prospects. But I do feel that the market and certainly certain areas, Sterling, of the market have gone a bit overvalued, you know, especially if you look at some of the growth sectors of the market. And, you know, just looking at some of the numbers, believe it or not, the NASDAQ is up almost 9% this year through last Friday. So, you know, we are seeing a big discrepancy between some of the value stocks, which are still Russell 1000 is down about 16 percent, while the Nasdaq and um, the technology sector in general is up about 9 percent. So certainly um, the growth sector has done, you know, is especially well right now. How does it manifest into how does that thinking manifest into your conversations with high net worth families when they ask you about expectations looking forward and capital markets assumptions as they plan for the, the years ahead? How do you how do you respond to those uh, questions now? You know, we always look back to the data um, and certainly go through uh, what has gone on through various cycles. And the good news, Sterling, with my clients 
we've been together for a very long time. So we lived through the late 90s dot-com bubble. We weathered September 11th, the financial crisis, and then certainly today. And so, you know, we always have a game plan that has been intact and and to understand where we are within the context of the plan and certainly where we are with the markets. And so earlier this year, given the markets had run up so much, you know, we had actually been pretty active in trimming back, especially with such a fantastic year last year in the U.S. stock market. Uh, so we were well positioned. And, you know, we continue to look at the run up that we've seen since March and really uh, look to take you know, some chips off the table, so to speak, and trim some of our exposure and perhaps have a little bit of cash in the portfolio so that we can reinvest at lower valuations later in the summer. Because we do find that historically, the summer has also been a rocky period. Yeah, I think it won't be too long before you'll have the opportunity to buy quality assets at a lower price. Um, but let's talk about that. If you, like a lot of other savvy advisors that we know, are sitting on uh, substantial dry powder, so to speak, um, what sectors are you going to keep an eye on as potential buying opportunities if we see another pullback? Is there anything in particular that you're you're going to be watching for or as if we see a general kind of resetting uh, or another period of volatility that takes markets and valuations lower, uh, what will be some sectors that you'll be focused on? We've been, um, you know, constantly looking at the markets and and from a valuation perspective, I mentioned that the technology and the more growth sectors of the market have really run up quite a bit. Um, and as I mentioned, the value sectors of the market have really been more attractive from a valuation perspective. And so to the extent that we see a dip in this market over the coming, let's call it 60, 90, 180 days, you know, what we've been looking for are some high quality blue chip stocks, uh, higher quality with a nice dividend yield sterling that will, will take us through that are trading at more reasonable multiples, but also have nice cash flow. Uh, we'd like to see strong businesses, corporations with strong balance sheets, and companies that will be able to withstand any kind of economic downturn. In particular, sectors that are less financially, um, uh, less less cyclical sectors, shall we say, because we do see some attractive companies out there that if we're trading at more reasonable valuations, we would stick with the large cap, uh, more value-oriented stocks right now. The theory being that uh, in, in difficult times, uh, cash flow trumps volatility for your clients? That's exactly right. Um, coupled with the fact that you also have to look at the fixed income side of the ledger, right? With interest rates so low and the 10-year U.S. Treasury at, at these historic levels, you know, the spread between the dividend yields and the 10-year treasury has never been so wide. So as a result, that has always been a very favorable sign for us investors looking at high quality. Have you shifted your fixed income approach in light of uh, all that's happened so far this year? We really haven't shifted our approach uh, too much. We've always treated the fixed income part of the portfolio to really be the ballast of the portfolio, uh, to be able to withstand volatility. And so as a result, for our families, we really don't take a lot of risk within the context of the fixed income portfolios. We've maintained a fairly short duration and really have stayed true to high, high credit quality. And now that is even more important, you know, given the volatility that we've seen in the fixed income market over the last 60 days, um, being, being very mindful 
of the quality securities you own is very important right now. Let's say that you've put your your clients in a very good position in terms of how well you're protecting the portfolio and you're prepared for a, a sudden sharp downturn to reinvest and, and you know further bolster those positions moving forward. But volatility would also result in a, in a return of uncertainty for those clients and, and perhaps fear and uh, concern about what the future is going to look like. Um, you work primarily with ultra high net worth families. Has anything changed uh, or how have you evolved your approach to mitigating that anxiety over the uncertainty that, that sharp gyrations in the market can can generate? You know, I don't think our approach has really changed very much given the volatility. As I mentioned earlier, we have seen a number of these cycles uh, with our clients. And so, um, you know, I think they feel we are very well prepared to handle this. What I do find is that a lot of clients are encouraging uh, us to reach out. And, and we've done a great job of looking at the younger generation during this volatility. So perhaps our clients have, have dealt with this, but maybe the second or third generation has not seen this volatility, Sterling. So communication continues to be the key. I'll just give you an example. I hosted a family call um, uh, a few weeks ago during some of this volatility. And this client has been with me for you know over 20 years, has four now young adult children, and they had never seen volatility like this. And certainly coupled with the virus, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and concern. And we went over the portfolios, we went over the market. And, you know, after the call was over, he sent me this wonderful email stating that, you know, our team's actions would be remembered long after <laughs> the volatility yeah. and would do more to shape his children and, and their idea of how to approach these markets during this times. You know, he said, that, you know, just we would do what we've done today to shape the you know children's ideas of volatility would be with him long after when we had better times. And it's those types of moments uh, that we do look and you need to pivot and think about that, that yes, for some of our seasoned clients, they've seen this volatility, but for the younger generations, we need to be mindful that they haven't and making sure that we communicate with them. Well, there's a huge idea in there. And uh, I think that's an incredibly smart thing to do. And it's also the type of activity that's, I believe, far more likely to generate positive referral opportunities uh, than simply focusing on on uh, explaining the portfolio positioning to the matriarch and patriarch of the family. Uh, that kind of activity for younger generations, is, to your point, uh, is going to really make them remember and feel great about the service that you're providing right now. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Uh, and it has been a, a tremendous opportunity for us and for our clients to to see the value that we bring and, and not just to, to, to the positioning in the portfolios, but the education piece has been huge. I'm curious, those younger generations in that call you recently did and the, the other ones, um, what were the questions they were asking? What was the what were you hearing from them about um, what they needed to know, what they wanted to know? I think as as humans, you know, the 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 natural instinct is to want to always search for the known. You know, how long is this going to last? When will this end? Um, and and it's interesting that clearly none of us know when a vaccine will come. None of us know if March was perhaps the bottom of this market or just the beginning of some additional volatility we'll see over the next couple of years. And so 
educating them regarding how markets perform during volatile times and perhaps what industries and what sectors do well during this 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 market period has been very helpful to them uh, so that they feel like they have some element of control in seeing historically how different sectors performed. So it gave them more knowledge to be able to make better decisions. Uh, that coupled with uh, a huge question for the younger generation has been passive management. And to be able to show them and illustrate them with empirical data, how our active managers have outperformed during this volatile period uh, versus passive uh, management, that also has been very interesting to them to see that clearly stock picking has been very much key. As I talked about earlier, the difference between the Russell 1000 value index versus the growth index, you know, so those types of types of decisions are very important. And so giving them context, understanding behaviorally how markets perform, and then perhaps how different stocks perform in those markets, educating them. That's really been our focus. Colleen, you taught us about a couple of things that you are doing now that I think are great ideas about positioning the portfolio uh, defensively so that you have some dry powder if there's an opportunistic buying uh, uh, you know, opportunity that presents itself later this summer, which I think is likely. You talked about the way you're engaging these high net worth families, uh, not just at the matriarch, matriarch and patriarch level, but across generations. Uh, what are some of the things that maybe advisors um, who who haven't seen this kind of experience or haven't experienced this kind of situation before uh, might be doing that are that's not the best foot forward. Uh, what are some of the don'ts in your mind right now uh, to, to, to make the most of this situation that we find ourselves in? You know, from my from my experience, you know, I have I've always focused on the fact when the phone's the heaviest, you got to pick it up. Right. So and certainly these have been some hard conversations with clients and what they're experiencing, not only from financial volatility, but also perhaps personal issues, whether feeling isolated if they're not being able to see family members or perhaps they've been sick. And so, you know, I find that some less senior advisors hide behind email or perhaps, you know, blast market calls when you really need to pick up the phone and call every single client from the matriarch, patriarch, as you mentioned, to the youngest generation who's just perhaps going into college and wondering if they're really going to have their their first year at, you know, pick the school or will it be remote learning? So having those types of conversations, seeing how families are doing, listening and 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 really being there for them and being fully supportive. So that's the biggest mistake I see is, is really not picking up the phone, Sterling, and, and really communicating, not just when also the market went down, but also right now, you know, now that we've come back, how did you feel? How are you thinking about the portfolio? Let's discuss and, and make sure that we can move forward together. Well, that that's great. And I, I also think it's interesting that you said it's a little easier because you've had these entrenched, very strong relationships with these client families for a long period of time. Uh, and I agree with that. But it begs the question, can you give a little insight into how you how you grew this business and came to work with that that client base in the first place? You know, I look back over the last several years and um, just really sterling it came down to to servicing clients extremely well being honest and open and transparent and building a client base that 
they felt great about referring me to their friends and family. Um, so if you demonstrate consistent behavior of of not only performing well, of course, and, and exceeding expectations uh, from a performance and market perspective, but also servicing their needs and thinking about clients and, and remembering the little points, understanding the body language, perhaps, if someone shifted in a meeting or gave a little bit of a look that maybe they're not comfortable with alternatives, or maybe there's a question about one of their children that they want to discuss further, that they're not quite comfortable with um, how the trust is is structured or, you know, really being their trusted advisor and being a person who sits next to them for, for any kind of financial needs is critically important. And, and that's when you build that trust and that relationship, growth expands and you just get, you know, you're lucky and grateful to get more and more opportunities with like families and friends of families until you build this, you know, fantastic client base. Well, you, you make it sound easy, Colleen, but I know it's not. Uh, one of the hallmarks of your business, though, is you have had very consistent organic growth. Uh, net of market performance, net of uh, other activities, just just greater share of wallet from existing families and, and growth in your business. Any other lessons you've learned in, in achieving that? You know, I, I, I just think it goes back to the honest, transparent communication um, and, and being there for clients and, and eventually you build these fantastic relationships. And certainly in this time, a few weeks ago, I called one client and just had a chuckle and I called her and I had all my facts and the portfolio information and wanted to go on and on about, you know, how we've done. And she said, she interrupted me. She said, Colleen, I know you're taking care of me. How are you doing? How is your family? She knows I have three younger children and you know, that really is the holy grail, Sterling. You just have these fantastic client relationships and they know you have cared for them so much for so many generations. And now it's nice. And this wonderful time, they care about you. So if you build that kind of great business and you work extremely hard and are diligent, uh, it does pay off. Let's talk about the approach that you take uh, with a new family uh, when you have to do that virtually rather than meet someone face-to-face -face or in your office. Uh, I'm sure uh, that you, as other great advisors we know, are uh, encountering families that um, you know are looking to make a move, that they feel either let down or their advisor's not being responsive to their needs, uh, and they're looking to transition. But uh, you know, setting that first impression is much harder now. Uh, what can you talk about that 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 conversation, that new business opportunity, uh, in light of the the virtual engagement that we all have to be in these days? How are you doing it differently? It's 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 such a funny time, you know, to think that with these large families, we have been very fortunate to uh, been getting a lot of referrals from our existing client base who have said, oh, gosh, you know, I just saw so-and-so and they would love to talk to you. Would you mind talking to them? And so we've we've had a huge um, uptick in, in new business opportunities, uh, which have been fantastic. And you're right. It's such an unusual experience where we're not sitting across a table or um, perhaps in their living room. Um, and so, you know, JP Morgan has done a fantastic job with various tech technology tools. And certainly we've used Zoom a great deal. Uh, clients have actually enjoyed that and like being able to see us. 
Um, and so we have been more creative uh, than we ever have been. Um, we had a client the other day wanted to meet us uh, just to, to share some documents, except, you know, so we met on a street corner, you know, <laughs> six feet apart for a social distancing meeting, just wanted to see us and chit chat for a bit. Um, and so, you know, we are being more creative in that regard. That's for sure. Has anything changed about the way you're working with your team? Uh, that's another area that we hear about from a lot of advisors. They, they're, they're doing well with the clients. They're doing well with opportunities for new families to engage. Uh, but it's hard to uh, manage teams in this kind of environment as well. Everybody's working harder uh, or at least as hard as they were before. And, and yet you're just staring at a screen in a single seat all day. So it, it can be a little challenging. Are there any processes in your team uh, that are functioning a little differently now? And, and have you updated anything in your approach in regards just to make sure that you're all in harmony and in sync uh, in, your, in your service model? We've always, Sterling, adopted a very tight team model where we have uh, investment committee meetings every Monday morning at 7.30, followed by a team meeting uh, in which we uh, go through the calendar for the last three weeks and then the upcoming three weeks uh, just to make sure that if there are any action items from client meetings or per perhaps prospect meetings that we've gone through everything with a fine tooth comb. Uh, so our, and we have found that given we're not, you know, chit chatting in, in, in the office, we have adopted a, a twice a week model where we're reviewing things at the beginning of the week as well as the end of the week. Um, and in addition, as the team leader, I have found that reaching out to my my teammates one on one uh, every week is is critically important because this is where you understand how our visuals feeling whether it's um, you know a teammate that has elderly parents who perhaps are feeling isolated and they may need some extra time or you know another teammate who has three young children juggling e learning situations so making sure that we are in contact. And, uh, and again, you can't see that sigh or, or perhaps that tired look. So making sure that I reach out to each one of my, my team members and make sure everybody's doing okay is very important. And you're right. I mean, we really have been working 24 seven since early March. And so, uh, the other thing we did was, uh, uh, my partner and I said, let's make sure that uh, everybody gets a, a day off. So pick a Friday over the next few weeks, just take a longer weekend, take some time for yourself. Very important. Yeah, because culture is, is going to be really important in this as well. When you're having these more meaningful, deeper conversations with clients, you need a, a team that really buys into that strategy. That's absolutely right. Absolutely. Can you give us a, a, a little peek into the, what the longer term strategy and vision for your team is? If you think about the next five years looking forward and um, where you think you, the business can and should be at that point, what will be some of the, uh, the pieces of the puzzle that, that you'll need to, to get to that level of where you want to be in, in five years from now, say? We're super excited about the growth potential for our business over the next five years. Um, the tools, the platform, the JP Morgan brand has, has, has really been fantastic. And we feel when we sit down every year as a team and go through the business plan, um, you know, we are focused on growth, 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 and making sure that uh, we are servicing our families 
as best as possible, but also be there for uh, any new business opportunities. Um, and we just feel like we're extremely well positioned, given the platform that we're on, to to achieve those goals, Sterling. Well, I think part of the secret to achieving long-term growth is simply having the mindset and commitment to do that. It's true. It's true. You have to, especially in these time periods, um, is making sure that you're also focused on growth. Colleen, you've given us a lot to think about regarding business strategy, teamwork, uh, your interaction with uh, multiple generations within the client families and, and how you're positioning portfolios. Uh, can we close by asking you for a, a final actionable idea you'd offer to the advisors who are listening in? I'm going to go back to to not necessarily any one investment idea, but really just more of a business practice concept and, and go back to picking up that phone and calling every single client and asking them how they're doing. It's the most important to do thing to do in these times. Pick up the phone. Well, that's a great one. Thank you, Colleen, for your insights today. And I want to say thanks to everyone for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another newsletter and episode of The Way Forward. Stay safe out there. This podcast is brought to you by ClearBridge Investments. Meet an evolving economy confidently with ClearBridge Active Equities, the foundation of a resilient portfolio. ClearBridge, a Franklin Templeton company. Go to clearbridge.com to learn more.